Welcome to Sooner Catholic Podcast. Today I'm talking with my man, my brother, podcast host, and amongst many other titles, my man Trevor Barreca. And we're going to be revisiting yesterday's talk on integrating psychology and Catholicism. Trevor, before we jump in, how are you doing today, my brother? I'm good. I'm doing good. I'm kind of curious what some of these other titles that you've, the aforementioned other titles that <laughs> you said, um, Slayer of Dragons, or perhaps no. I'm just kidding. I don't know. No, I'm, do, I'm doing. I'm doing well. Um, feeling a little, a little tired. The brain's a little fuzzy. Maybe because I haven't had as many cups of coffee as, as you here. But, um, but I'm doing. I'm doing good. How are you doing? That's a good point. It's a good point. Um, <laughs> It's a good point about coffee and the supports of coffee. Don't give it up for Lent, okay, guys. It's it's important to to, to keep your coffee intake up. Okay, um, yeah, I'm doing I'm doing well. I'm excited to, to be recording and then and then have a have a full day ahead, much like yourself. So so let's get into this. So integrating psychology and Catholicism, right? Yesterday, just I gave a just a brief presentation on it with some some different um, components, right? So we kind of began with an understanding of the human person and its fullness. And then we kind of went through different approaches of current psychology and counseling and how really kind of follows our, follows our culture of it, it tends to reduce a person down in, into something, right? And then we talked about what makes a good counselor. We talked about some of the, the roles of counseling. We talked about wounds and the cycle of wounds. And um, and, and hearing those things, what, what were maybe one or two things that, that stood out to you you want to talk about? Yeah. So I, th- I think, one, I, I was really intrigued. I was just telling you this before the talk, but now everyone else can hear it as well. So I get to beef you up twice. Um, but I, I really did appreciate hearing about these kind of different approaches to counseling, right? So some of the ways that, that some of the reductionistic tendencies. And I think like this is present in almost every, let's say, social science or every sort of uh, um, understanding of the human person that we find in, in the modern academic space, I think. Um, is, re- is right because for the large part academia has rejected the idea that that there's a soul or that there's a right that that we're made by a god there's a completely materialist um view on the world and that influences the way that we view the human person right it influences their ends what they're made for right um this is kind of getting into human uh, or christian anthropology a little bit but yeah so that that was intriguing for me to because i had that kind of type in my head that kind of understanding but then to, to tease it out with these particular methods or these particular uh, lenses through which many counselors or psychologists will look at the person was really int- interesting to see, like, you know, as you went through, like, oh, this one emphasizes, you know, the, the sensory, but but doesn't acknowledge, you know, the emotional or this one acknowledges the emotional, but doesn't acknowledge the spiritual. It was really interesting to see the particular uh, ways that those were applied. So I, I found that incredibly interesting, I would say. Um, but yeah, I think the one maybe that and be interesting to hear when you first started like Alex I'd be curious when you first started like praying and thinking about like how to like talk about this with people but I think the one that obviously most people will remember from last night strongly not that they won't remember the other things <laughs> but the part that maybe most people right are going to re- to resonate with is this this um, beginning of articulating the wound right so where is the wound come from um, the beliefs that follow that the idea of the vow um yeah, I guess like Alex, I'd be curious to hear from you. When when was the place? So right, you, you gave your story last night of like experiencing this and realizing it. When did you start to realize that you had a passion for this particular way of like helping people kind of come to their re- deeper relationship and, and find healing in the Lord? Yeah, that's such a good question. Such a good question. Hmm. I think. Yeah, I'm thinking about a few things. Uh, I think it was just 
the one of the first things was in in going to counseling myself, right? Like you kind of you kind of can't give what you don't have, and and um, you don't you don't know what you have till it's gone. Is, is that another classic <laughs> slogan? <laughs> but just this idea of like I didn't I wasn't able to even begin to recognize or articulate some of the wounds I had experienced in my life until I went to counseling and until I shared them. And then it wasn't until I vocalized some of these, I was like, oh man, that really, that really, really hurts. Um, and I don't know why. Oh, I, like I'm, I'm beginning to see week after week, like that changes the way that I see myself or the way that I believe, um, like the way that, yeah, the way that I view my worth or my identity, um, or that be, that begins to, like, I begin to reduce someone else down because of my wounds. I like someone else hurt me and that makes them X, Y, or Z, like uh, this kind of person or that kind of person. Uh, so was it really when I went through counseling, I began to like see some of that. And then, um, and then I, yeah, I began to be in a relationship with Hillary and, and, and anytime you're in a relationship, an intimate relationship, it, it brings the best out of you. Right. And, and at the same time, because it's intimate and because you're sharing heart to heart, it begins to bring some of those, those hidden places, some of those hurtful places out too. Right. And that's one of the reasons why like relationships are so sanctifying, like the closer and more intimate they are is because it, it sheds light on, on dark places in your heart too, that the Lord wants to redeem and work in. And so, yeah, there's just a lot of things in Hillary and I's relationship that again we began to see, like, yeah, there's there's a lifetime of wounds here from family, from friends, from each other, from whoever, and 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 we're in a and we're in a place in a vocation now to begin to work through and talk through some of these things. Um, so yeah, I think it was began by going to, through counseling, and then it sort of continued through this relationship with Hillary, and then it really I think culminated when I was a missionary too, and man, just like talking to so many students like catholic just like non-denominational atheist like different campuses you know tulsa OCOKC, um and then kansas state and just like just realizing man we're all so broken and there's things that have happened in our life that we're not aware of and 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 there's not really like r- readily available tools right and it's like finding a counselor is so much more difficult than finding a good tutor you know People are like, if you're struggling with chem, there's like, there's dozens and dozens of students that can help you with that. You're struggling with like mental health and wounds from your childhood or like, yeah, things that have been with you for 10 years, 20 years. Like there's a lot less people that are capable of working through that. So yeah, yeah, I think that's, I think those are the three points that, that really became a passion for me. Yeah. No, and and it's beautiful, right? Because you experienced, right? The, the, the pain of like these wounds you experienced those things in your life that caused you right to reject God or to reject his goodness, to reject trust in him, to reject trust in other people. Um, but then you, you right, you found healing in some of them and, and it actually set you on a path to realize that you're still like on a path to, to be healed and to grow. Um, but through that, right. You also, it also opened your eyes. And I think this is actually like how the gospel should work in our lives. Right. We, we, we recognize the healing power of Jesus Christ to come into our life and to like set us, set us fresh and set us a new to create, you know, the new man as opposed to the old. Um, but then as that happens, right, somehow the Lord touches us in that experience in a, a way that's particular to each person and gives us like the opportunity to, to also like call others into that healing, into this like restored life. Um, and that's, you know, for you, it manifested particularly in, in, in the healing you experienced in counseling and you found the desire to do that for others, which is beautiful. Um, there's a couple things I was thinking. So I have a couple of questions. One, Last night you talked about how in the middle of um, you're like going to different campuses, some of the wounds started to appear as you're becoming a missionary, right? You're serving these campuses and, and you started to like 
you have a deeper, I guess, uh, self-knowledge. You start, the Lord started to reveal to you these things that needed healing. What I'd be curious to hear is if you started to become, as you became more aware of the wounds in your life, if you noticed kind of a, a, a correlated ability to be aware of the wounds and the people that you started to meet, maybe even like in a way of like in a first couple of conversations with them, being more uh, aware or being more cognizant of these things that, that might be drawing back from them. Yeah, I'd love to hear it. Like if, if you think that that's true, that as you start to become more aware of your own wounds, you were more yeah. adept at sensing others. Yes, yes, totally, totally. And uh, I, I think it, it was kind of a, mm, like I realized that something was happening at the same time of like one, yeah, I, I began to realize my own woundedness and began to see that in, in other students as well. And then also like I began to be more aware of what what had caused me wounds like from other people's like brokenness and sin and then began to see that in other people too. Okay. So like for instance like um, one of the things that was really difficult and wounding for me was like it, it was criticism. Right? Like I, I felt I was like very criticized at one point both family and friends and so that became something I was very sensitive to not just like feeling hurt but seeing um, like what led someone to being critical? Like when I looked at my own family, my own friendships, like what led people to, to like the, like what is at the core of someone being critical? Like what has happened in their life? What's going through their mind? What have they experienced in their family of origin? How do they see the world? How do they see themselves? Like what is it that makes someone critical? And so I, I then I would begin to, to like see that in students and, and like desire to, to say like, man, is there a way that we can begin to experience the freedom that comes with hope and optimism, right? And like a belief in, in, in charity's um, role in, in relationship, right? So yeah, that, that was kind of when I began to see like what other people had caused me wounds and, and, and began to see that in students, like the, like the early buds of that developing. Um, and then, yeah, in, in my own life too, I mean, there was always like wonderful opportunities to like, to speak into like, performance is a huge one right like a, a huge like wound that we have is is like this idea of why would you ever i had a student share this with me last year uh why would you ever share something with someone that makes you weak in in their eyes that that would that would lessen their image of you there's there's absolutely no like reasonable explanation for why you'd ever share like a deficiency in your life right if if the whole idea is um if the whole idea is uh, that, yeah, we're supposed to have things under control, that we're supposed to be dependable and reliable and, and good people, like, why would you ever share something that, like, is the opposite of those things, right? Yeah. yeah. And it was just, like, interesting to get to hear, like, oh, that, that comes from a performance-based mentality, which I've experienced, is, like, if, if hiding something in my life or ignoring it um, makes me more respectable in someone's eyes and more trustworthy and um, more likely for them to come to me or whatever, like th that's better than me being vulnerable and sharing something that's broken that's still being worked through, whatever it is. And and I began to see like what ends up happening is your worth becomes tied in that of like I'm only worth as much as as, as I can do or as good as I am, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, I began just like to talk to students who like, again, had 4.0s, like had internships at NASA, all this kind of stuff that were just like, you know, killing it in the world. And then, and then there was just so much like un unhappiness. And I remember one time I, I had this guy that was like, man, I, I, I'm, I'm dating this great girl. I'm the, the, um, the head of like the, the track and cross country team. I have a 4.0. I have a job lined up after school and, and I'm just absolutely miserable. And I don't know why. And I, I think it, it kind of, 
yeah, it, be, it begins to like, for me, like I begin to see how it doesn't matter what I've grasped in life, but that, that there's a wound there of, of needing to prove either my worth or identity or prove to myself that I'm happy with what I have outside of God. And, and I realized that same thing in other students too. So yeah, I think it's the, it's the both end, but that's a, it's a really good, really good question. Yeah. yeah. I was actually praying about this this morning. I think that I like, every, I think a lot of people probably have a wound somewhat related to this, you know, the origin of which is, is multi, um, you know, I, I'm look, I'm searching for a word. It, it comes from a lot of different places. <laughs> yeah. Multifaceted was the word I was looking for, but yeah, I think, I think the origin is different, right. In a lot of people's lives, but a lot of us have this wound of like, if, if I don't perform, if I don't like, if I'm not captivating, if I'm not successful, if I'm not the top, like people aren't going to desire to be around me and not even that, but like, they're going to ridicule me outright. You know that, I mean, that's a wound that I, I think I deal with to some extent. Um, a lot of things not worth getting into here, but, <laughs> but just things that from my childhood that I was reflecting on and praying on this morning after the talk and like, yeah, like I definitely can see how this has led to me, like feeling the need to always be on and perform. Um, Something I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on is, so right, as you're growing in your ability to kind of sense these wounds in other people and in yourself, how do we, how do we go about loving our, our brothers and sisters in Christ um, and, and, and like seeking to step into a place of a healer, right, to become this wounded healer um, is, a, is a phrase you hear. Um, yeah, how do, how do we become that in a way that isn't overstepping the bounds of like the, the boundaries of, of their trust? Right. So how, how do we invite people basically to trust us? And how do we know if it's like we should be in a place where we're inviting people to trust us enough to share these wounds? Basically, yeah. What, what's been your experience with that as being a missionary and just, you know, a father and all these different things that, that you are? Um, how have you felt the ability to do that? Yeah, I think that's really, really good. Yeah, I think there's a gosh, this, this is a really good question. And something I've even been thinking about recently is like what what are appropriate areas of a people's life that that I can in either like invite myself into or open a conversation like what <laughs> kind of like the Michael Scott thing of like what gives you the right you know, <laughs> <laughs> and I think about that and I think about like what are there are there things that um either in a sense of prudence or in a sense of hey this is really still raw in my own life and this is probably not a, a good door to open um and I, I think something that that comes to mind is just like an element of trust and then and then moral authority too are, are the two things that come to mind which <clears throat> the first if you don't have trust in a relationship it doesn't matter how much you talk or ask about something in someone's life it's it's going to be a, a closed door right like you, know, you could even be talking about it openly and it's like hey there's there's not anything you can say that's going to enter into my heart because there's not trust here even if you're giving me all the advice in the world even if i'm telling you all the facts of my life all the hurtful, painful stories, but I feel like there's not trust in this relationship that either you don't listen or you don't care for my good or that you do this with everyone else and so I'm not special or unique to you or whatever. Um, the, even if you're going through the whole motions and it's a three-hour conversation, I'm pouring my heart out in terms of facts, I can still have this lack of trust in my heart where nothing you say will actually reach my heart, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, on the other hand, you can have a 10-minute conversation where there's a sense of trust and, and, and there's like good soil in your heart to receive that. <clears throat> I think the second thing that comes to mind is, is moral authority. And it's, it's a sense of, is this someone that I would, I, that I trust and I would follow in this area. Right. Yeah. And so again, you don't want to listen to someone who just like declared bankruptcy. Like you don't want to listen to their, fi <laughs> their, their finance, you know, like uh, advice. And so there's a portion of this is like, yeah, you don't need to be perfect, 
Um, but at the same time, recognizing we all have strengths, just like we all have weaknesses, right? And so there there are men in my in my life that like um, maybe uh, you know maybe I realize I, I have a better strength or, or uh, I've been gifted with the strength of like forming men. Maybe that's a b- bigger strength that I have. But maybe their strength is is the way that they have work life balance or the way that they like father their children, right? And yeah. I'm like, okay, there's a, there's a weakness that I have. There's a strength that you have, and I realize that I want to be like you in this area, and I'm and I, I would love to to like listen to what you say, right? Yeah. I think the question becomes like because then what kind of happens is you can kind of compartmentalize as well. You're like, okay, Trevor's really good at talking with guys, so I'm gonna talk with him about reaching out to guys. Um, Ray's really good at like leadership, so I'm gonna talk to her about leadership. What happens? Is you end up kind of compartmentalizing your life and like just sharing bits and pieces with someone. And and what happens is no one sees the full picture, and and you can you can feel misunderstood, or you can feel unknown, you can feel reduced, and you can feel like, man, a lot of people know me, but no one really knows me, and no one really knows my my heart or my strengths or my weaknesses or my gift. Like just like no one knows me, and and that is where the gift of a counselor comes in because it's not one dimensional, and it's the gift of a of a holistic relationship, right? So. Yeah, those those are some thoughts. Is like a trust, a moral authority, and, and with the with the caution of like, to to not fall into like, hey, everyone gets a little piece of my heart in my life, but no one gets the fullness, and so then therefore I'm kind of stuck in this place where, yeah, I, I don't even know how to share who, who I am in, in my fullness, but also I don't ever feel received with who I am, you know? Yeah. yeah. And and it's difficult, right? Because like sometimes I think it's just messy when it comes to relationships. Like sometimes you're gonna trust someone and you shouldn't have. And sometimes you're going to not trust someone that really actually did desire your good and was and was virtuous enough in that particular area to actually help you. Um, so I think I think that it's it's so much of it, I think, is is coming through prayer and like, yeah, like letting the Holy Spirit guide the process of like, who who am I revealing myself fully to? Who who am I? Who is the Holy Spirit asking me to become a wounded healer to? Who is who is the Holy Spirit? Like, you know, I know that I don't have their trust yet, but like, I just feel like the Holy Spirit's putting on my heart to like continue to spend time with them. Um, I think these are things that that every um, prayerful Christian should be should be thinking about. Um, I guess a final question I, I, I think would be good before we have to wrap up. I know we're kind of around that twenty minute mark, but um, yeah, what? A lot of people, when they hear this language of wounds, right? And, and this was actually me. I first started hearing about the idea of a wound, I think, at my first summer training. So about maybe, let's say, like almost two years ago now. And um, I remember kind of being, like, taken aback, like, whoa, this is a little strong. It's a little, little, you know, emotional. You know, that, that was kind of my first – the walls went up, right? Because I and, – and, and honestly, probably because I have a lot of – didn't want to address them, right? Um, so how, how do we go about, like – um, what well, I guess what would you say to someone who's like, yeah, like, you know, I didn't go through anything traumatic in my life. I never was a, abused or you know, like, like, I don't really think that this applies to me, this idea of wounds. Like, what would you say to that person maybe to open their and broaden their perspective to seeing that Christ desires to heal all of us? Oh, that's so good. Um, I was telling Ray last night, there's only two kinds of people in the world, right? Um, the people who are, are wounded and, and are aware of it and the people who are, who are wounded and are not. And, and the reality is every single person is wounded, right? And and I think that comes because sin is inevitable and it's abounding and it's in our families and friendships and our own personal life, late at night, early in the morning, the, the noonday devil. I mean, it's present throughout the whole day and all relationships. Just sin, sin is prevalent. And in a culture, I mean, 
just everywhere, right? And so what is sin, right? We love that word, but what is sin? Sin at the heart of it is a division and separation in relationship, right? Primarily a relationship with God that has effects into our in, into separating our relationship with ourself, right? So we don't do as we ought. We don't do what we truly want. Um, we do not adhere to like the values or, or goals we have for our own life. There's also separation and division in relationships, right? Maybe you don't have the relationship that you wish you had with your with your mom or your dad or your sibling that you hear other friends having, right? Like, wow, I, I've never t- had a combo like that with you know with my family member, or a best friend, or a girlfriend or boyfriend. It's like, you know, it's like you, you you end relationships really poorly, or you don't ever have the hard conversations that you're supposed to have. But the the idea is that sin, which is just literally everywhere, um, has effects of division and separation. Now, wh- what do the what are you left with when you experience division and separation, right, in, in your life? And you're left, with, you're left with your own thoughts and your own feelings, right? And, and that division and separation leads to thoughts of, and these beliefs of like, other people are bad or I am bad. Or there's something wrong with me or there's something wrong with other people, right? And there's, there's a wound, there's an experience, whether it was super small, whether it happened every single day in a, in a very small way, like you went in to talk to your dad, and he was always on his phone, right? That That's a wound. Is it traumatic? No, but is it a wound that's going to affect current day reality? You bet. So there's there's events that have happened in our life that, um, that cause a level of division separation that left us feeling lesser about ourselves or lesser about other people, and we live from those places knowingly and unknowingly, okay? And so all this thing about wounds is like the reality of, God, like Jesus Christ, seeks to redeem and to heal, right? You, you, it's not like people to him like are coming to him in, with stories of like, God, I, I want you in my life. I just have no idea where to begin. Like you and I have talked about this. Like it's it's people who are coming with like very open wounds, right? Like blindness or the the, the mute speak or like the the lame walk, whatever it is. Like people come with these clear wounds, and that's when they ask for healing and redemption. Yes. So it's when we are, and then you have the Pharisees, right, who aren't aware of any of their, their need for God. But it's it's when we become more aware through the grace of God of our own wounds that we're able to invite Jesus and his redemptive work into those things that we experience wholeness. Yeah. Uh, that's beautiful. Um, and, I, and I think this comes to, and, and I'll wrap up my comments at least here, which is I think this comes to a reality that we often view our life as like we're on top of the mountain and, and on our whole life is like falling, right? So, so what I mean by this is like, we have this view of ourselves of like, I, I already possess all of these virtues. I'm already perf- like, you know, I'm more or less, I'm perfect. I'm me. I'm, I'm perfect the way that I am, right? And God loves us the way that, he, that we are, but he also desires to like heal us, right? Because we actually are broken. So I think the proper Christian anthropology, the, the proper way to view the human person, right? From this idea of woundedness and brokenness, it's actually like I'm at the bottom of the mountain and God desires to heal me along this path, this journey, this walk with him up the mountain, as he heals me, he elevates me, he, he makes me new. Um, instead of viewing like, oh, this is just digging into something. Like I only need this whenever I fall off. It's like, no, actually you're starting at the bottom. <laughs> like that's, that's the result of the fall, but the results of grace, right? As God's baptismal promise through us is like to re give us new life and to, and to invite us constantly. Like we just talking about this whole journey of faith um, where, where he's constantly healing us, bringing us deeper into his love and, and, and allowing us to journey greater and greater heights into like the mystery of God, which is like the whole Christian life. So, yeah. So I, th- so I think what, 
the reason I say that at the end of all this is I think that it, it, it properly situates this idea of healing, right? Healing is not like this thing. It's like, oh, like, yeah, if you had a traumatic event in your life, you need it. It's like, no, like, unless you are perfect as your heavenly father is perfect, the, re- the fact that the, the gap of that perfection is wounds in your life, ways, ways that sin has manifested and has shaped who you are. And it's asking God, the divine healer who, who loves us so much that he doesn't want to leave us as we are to step into those wounds and, and to heal us, right? And so whether that's through, you know, obviously first and foremost, through your relationship with God in the sacraments and prayer, but also th- right through human beings, the human beings that he allows to manifest their, his love to us, right? So, so counseling and spiritual direction and good friendships of virtue, like all these things like re- can restore the, the glory that God intended us for. Yeah. So restore the glory baby no i love it there's there's not really anything else i have i think you did a, a perfect job summarizing it and and uh yeah again we always should say we have an open door policy here with with myself and the missionaries and and uh and, and we'll be honest like if, if there's things that you're sharing that we're like man this this is something that definitely needs to to be worked through and talked about um and we we need to turn to someone more capable than ourselves, and we'll do that but there are a lot of things that I know Trevor and I and the missionaries have experience in our own life and working with other students that that there's not a lot to be honest that would shock us you know or not a lot that would scandalize us or whatever and so usually that if you have this idea of like I can't tell anyone this I could never tell anyone this that's not that's that's never from the Lord to be honest that's always from the devil is like making us think that we are alone that we can't open up that we can't turn to anyone we can't ever bring something to the light and uh, what I know that it's because I felt that you know and so I want you to know that the Lord does want to bring his light and wants to, to help you not feel alone first in the person um, and then in the spiritual reality in prayer. So, yep, open door. If you ever need to talk, we are here. God bless you and thank you for listening this week. You heard it here first, Chris Dixon. Apologetics coming to you live. Apologetics Conference, STM 2021, coming to you live from Holy Grounds, 9 p.m. every Wednesday for the month of April. That's right. For the low price of just $49.99, you can hear about no. Oh uh, here, here we are in the Natural Podcast Laboratory. In the background, Alex Sanchez records a, a voice memo to his wife telling her that he's recording the podcast. And now we begin.